Yesterday, we spoke about the Shekhinah, how it rested in the first Beit HaMikdash. And we spoke about the four worlds, Atzilut, Bria, Yitzirah, Nasiya. And we said that the Shekhinah of the Beit HaMikdash rested in Malchut, which is the lowest of the ten faculties of Atzilut, then the lowest of the ten faculties of Bria, Malchut, and then it bypassed the next worlds and went into the Holy Ark in the Holy Temple. But in the second temple, where the ark and the tablets were absent, our sages tell us that the Shekhinah did not rest there. But it doesn't mean that there was no Shekhinah at all. It means the level of the Shekhinah, which was in the first temple, was not there. In other words, the Shekhinah's presence in the second Beit HaMikdash didn't bypass the chain of worlds like it did in the first world temple. Rather, in the second Beit HaMikdash, the Shekhinah did rest. But first it went through Malchut of Atzilut, Malchut of Briah, Malchut di Yitzira, and then the Malchut of Yitzira expressed itself in the holiest place in this world, the world of Asiyah, which is the Holy of Holies. And therefore, because this revelation was there, and it's nowhere else in the, in the world, no person was allowed to enter there besides the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur. Now, after the second Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, the presence of the Shekhinah on earth has persisted. How do we know? Because it says in the Talmud that Hashem, after the temple destroyed, rests within Jewish law, within Torah. And therefore, even if one person sits and learns Torah, the Shekhinah is with them. What does this mean? It's not as if that now we can get the same level of the Holy of Holies that they had in the second temple. No. See, remember, there's four worlds. In the first temple, the Shekhinah went through world one and two, then bypassed world three and went straight into world four. In temple two, the Shekhinah went through world one, two, and three, and then went into the highest level of level of the fourth world, the lowest world. Today, we don't get that revelation that's the highest part of the um, world of Asiyah, of the lowest world, but we do get the Shekhinah, the way it comes in the rest of the world. Not the way it was in the Holy of Holies, but the rest of the world. After it went through Malchut of Asiyah, remember in the second temple it didn't have to go through Malchut of Asiyah, just Malchut of Yetzirah. It's quite technical, but based on what we've learned in the last few days, it should be able to be digested, this idea. Now, why does it have to go through Malchut of Asiyah? Because virtually all of the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah are practical mitzvot. Even mitzvahs which do not involve action, but rather speech and thought, we nevertheless know the crucial law that meditation does not count as reciting. You actually have to say it, which means that it still has to come into the physical world, not just in your mind. Moving the lips, says the Talmud, constitutes a concrete action. Now, why did we say Hashem finds himself specifically in halacha and Jewish law? Jewish law refers to the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah, together with the seven rabbinic mitzvot, totaling 620. And the 620, if you look at the word keter, which means Hashem's crown, keter, keser, Kaf is 20, Taf is 400, Resh is 200, 
that's 620. And Keser in Kabbalah is the divine will of Hashem. So Jewish law represents the final practical conclusions of Torah, the actual will, the way that Torah needs to be expressed in this world. And therefore, Jewish law is the is particularly is the point of transcendent quality of Hashem's infinite light of Keser. See, willpower is higher than wisdom. You can will yourself to do anything regardless of whether it makes sense or not. And the same is true, figuratively speaking, of Hashem's will and wisdom. The divine will is higher than the divine wisdom. Theref- and therefore, we say that we access the world of Keter through doing halacha. But nevertheless, the Tanya will explain that Jewish law represents an expression of divine will, Keser, through the lens of wisdom. And that's the Talmud. That's Torah Shebaal Peh, the oral law. As manifest here in this world, the oral law is written, is lower than the written law. In other words, the Talmud is lower than the Chumash. It is the daughter, not the father. It's the earth, not the heavens. But in their root, both in their root, both written and oral are manifestations of Hashem's infinite light, which is, as we have just learned, this Chokhmah is merged with Hashem's incredible um, light and perfect unity.